Welcome to the preaching podcast of Life Point Church. We're so glad you've joined us here. If you're ever in the Baton Rouge area, please stop by. We'd love to meet you. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, please visit our website at golifepoint.com. Our wildlife kids can be dismissed with your wildlife guides right now. We love our wildlife kids. Great to see all of you here today. Just believe in God for the service today and what God's going to do in your life. We don't do these things just to, uh, you know, check things off on the calendar. Uh, we don't do these things just to take up an offering. I don't know what people think churches exist for. We do these things. We get together because we believe when we gather together, the power of God's in this house to change lives. And so I want to, uh, first of all, thank you for fasting and praying for Jensie uh, this week because God, we believe, has touched this little angel, done a miracle in her life, and we are so grateful for it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And today I'm preaching my third installment. Uh, of the series, I Love My Church, and uh, I'm calling today's message, I Love My Church, Part 3. <laughs> and so, uh, I, and I, I'd like to subtitle the message, though, The Place of the Comeback. Say the comeback. You're standing right now in the place of the comeback. This is the place of the comeback. Anything is possible in this house. I'm looking at Isaiah 58 and verse 8. And I'd like to start there. We're going to also look at Micah 7 and Proverbs 24. Isaiah 58, 8. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily, and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry, and he will say, here I am. It goes on, but look at that. Your light will break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. How many of you like some speedy healing, right? Some speedy healing. Micah 7, 8. Do not rejoice over me, my enemy. When I fall, I will arise. Notice that. Enemies rejoicing because I fell. The writer with defiance. Don't you rejoice over me. I got to come back in my future. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. Proverbs 24, 16. A righteous man. Notice that. A righteous man. A righteous man may fall seven times. You know, a righteous man can fall. Well, he fell. He must not have been a righteous man. A righteous man may fall seven times. But he's getting up. He's got to come back in his future and rise again. Talking about the place of the comeback. I love my church. It's the place of the comeback. Let me say a prayer. Father, thank you so much for your word. I pray that you'd speak to our hearts today powerfully. We give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We've looked at reasons why I love my church. I love my church because, number one, this is the place where the power of God flows. And number two, this is the place where the people of God stretch. We stretch ourselves to be who God's called us to be and do what God's called us to do. When we stretch, we don't add any more to ourselves. We just stretch what we already have. That's what we're doing next Sunday with our debt-free initiative. We're just stretching, sacrificing, pushing. And God does so much when we do that. He'll take it and multiply it. 
And today I love my church because it's the place of the comeback. One dictionary defines comeback as, quote, a return to former higher rank, popularity, position, or prosperity. Another dictionary says it's, quote, a return by a well-known person, especially an entertainer or sports player, to the activity in which they have formerly been successful. I kind of want to hone in on that sports player analogy. At the 1972 Summer Olympics in Munich on September 3rd, during the 10,000-meter event, Lasse Viren, I've got a picture of him, a Finn, was in the 12th lap when he was tripped up by another runner. He had trained for this, and now he falls. In less than 150 meters, Viren had gotten up and caught back up with the pack of leaders. With 600 meters to go, Viren started an unprecedented lap and a half that ended up winning him the race in 27 minutes, 38.4 seconds, which still is a record for that stadium in Munich, Germany to this day. Viren fell, but he had a comeback. Everybody say a comeback. 30-year-old PGA champion golfer Ben Hogan was in the height of his career when he and his wife Valerie were driving in West Texas on a foggy February night in 1949. All of a sudden, they were hit head-on by a Greyhound bus. Ben Hogan threw himself across his wife trying to save her at the last second, which actually saved his life because the steering column went through the, the, the driver's seat. And, and they both survived, but Ben sustained some, some tremendous injuries, including a double fracture of the pelvis. Now, he's a golfer, right? A fractured collarbone, fractured left ankle, chipped ribs, and, and almost fatal blood clots. He laid out on the side of the road for an hour and a half after the wreck before the EMS people arrived. And a, a surgeon had to be flown in from New Orleans uh, by the United States Air Force just to keep him alive. He was pretty torn up. He was hospitalized for 59 days. But 14 months later, with his legs in bandages, under his big baggy golf pants, Ben Hogan won the United States Open, a golf championship. As a matter of fact, he won 11 times after the wreck that almost killed him. He got knocked down, but Ben Hogan had a comeback. Everybody say a comeback. He had a comeback. There's a lot of sports comebacks, Ali, Foreman, Pele, Jordan, the greatest basketball player of all time, which I always like to say to mess with people's minds that seem to have a passion for that, like my son-in-law. Now, this is a word God spoke to me about some situations that have been going on at LifePoint, but the more I've meditated on it and, and stewed on this this week, the more the idea has grown. There's some people that need to hear what I'm about to say to you today. Just because you're in church does not mean that everything in life is going to go your way. If somebody told you that, my friend, they lied to you. Everything is not going to go your way. As a matter of fact, there may be more things that go against you because you're trying to go in the right direction. As a matter of fact, when you get in church, when you turn to Jesus... 
Your, your life is not going to be a bed of roses. Uh, when you're a, a follower of Jesus, it, it doesn't mean that you, yourself, you're not going to make any more mistakes. I, I've had people that told me that since they got saved, they didn't make mistakes. And right there was a lie. And I saw them make many other mistakes. Just because you start following Jesus does not mean you will not commit another sin in your life. If that's what you're thinking, man, you're in for a a rude awakening very quickly. That doesn't mean you're never going to do anybody wrong. doesn't mean you're never going to fail, falter. It doesn't mean you're never going to fall. But here's the deal. Because you're in the church, you're in the place of the comeback, right? when, When things don't go your way, when life is a mess, when hell throws everything against you, there's a greater one who is on your side who knows how to avenge you speedily, a God who knows how to make no weapon formed against you prosper, a God knows how to raise up a standard when the enemy comes against you like a flood. You've got a God who is on your side when all hell breaks loose. This is the place of the comeback. But like I said, you'll also make mistakes. You'll sin, you'll fail, you'll fall. I'm not trying to predict that or prophesying that. I've just been around the block a time or two. You're going to make some mistakes. And when, when that happens, it's like, but it's my fault, Pastor. I'm the one who's blown this. I've made the mistake. I'm the one who's failed. I've let people down. Let me just tell you, again, this is the church. And, and even though it may have been your fault, some of what you're going through, We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. If we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And and we're seated together with Him in heavenly places. This is the place of the comeback, even when we deal with our own shortcomings. Can I get an amen? You're in the right place. God's got this set up. In such a way that to the devil, it's not even fair. There is no way for the devil to win the way God has set this up. You see, God has factored in this little ingredient called grace. And where sin abounds, grace superabounds. It much more abounds. In other words, your sin is no match for his grace. Your mistake is no match for His goodness. Your badness is no no match for His goodness. He has more than enough love and grace and favor and mercy to give you a comeback. Romans chapter 8, famous verses, incredible. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulation, distress, Persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword. He goes on, verse 37. In all these things, we are more than conquerors, not because we're so good, not because we are perfect, but through Him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, life, angels, principalities, powers, things present, things to come, height, Depth, any created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let me, let me just suggest this to you. How can you win against someone 
who is already designated more than a conqueror. The devil tries to talk us out of what God has already done in our lives. He tells us that we're the exception. I'm going to preach to you right now. He'll tell us that you're the exception. That your situation is the one that's too messed up that God can't fix. That your sin is the sin that's too great that God can't forgive. That you're the, your mountain is the, the one mountain that God can't move. And, and you're like, he can move pastors, you know, because pastor's mountain's not as big as mine. He can remove Valerie's mountain because her mountain is not as big as mine. You know, he can remove Trey's sin because Trey's sin's not as big as mine. I'm telling you, look around you right now. Would you do that? Just look at the person next to you. Look at the other side. Look around. Every single one of these people, they may look like they're, they're, they're pure as the driven snow, but I'm going to tell you right now, every single one of them have had issues, mountains, sins, stuff they've had to deal with, stuff the blood of Jesus had to take care of because we serve a God who can take care of your mess as well. Nobody, nobody's any worse off than anybody else. It's only because of Jesus. Somebody's going to get a hold of this today. The devil is a liar. He fills you with condemnation. He, you've blown it. This is your fault. Hopelessness sets in. That's his key right there. Hopelessness sets in. There's no use in even trying. So you turn to other things to find comfort and peace instead of turning to the Lord and understanding the devil's a liar. I have a challenge for you today. And we, we, we talked about this, Joel, at coffee the other day. I got a challenge. Why don't you take... The, 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 the devil's assertions to Jesus and say, Jesus, the devil's been telling me that you don't love me and that I'm too bad for you to do anything about it. And you see what Jesus has to say about that. I'll tell you what my Jesus, your Jesus would say. Donovan, the devil's a liar. You should have listened to what I said. Nothing can separate you from the love of God that I've got for you. Come on, somebody give him praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. Isaiah 55, 7. Let the wicked, no, notice this, let the wicked, not the holy, let the wicked forsake his way. And the unrighteous man, not the righteous man, his thoughts. So here we're looking at wicked men, unrighteous men in this text, and let him return to the Lord. So these people not only fell, they're wicked. They went astray. It was awful. But just let him return, and the Lord will have mercy on him, and our God will abundantly pardon I'm telling you, Jesus knows how to save from the uttermost to the guttermost. It doesn't matter how messed up you are. You're in the right place today because this is the place of the comeback. We all get a chance to come back. An opportunity, a kairos moment, an opportunity to come back. To come back. This is the place of the comeback. Check this out. I've been telling some of you this, and it's been growing in my spirit. The, the devil throws all kind of junk at you, attacks Attacks your emotions, family, business, money, uses people, stirs up stuff. He's mean. He has no conscience. He weighs on you, presses against you, trials and tribulations, and, and, just, and they just push on you, push you down, and push you down harder and lower and harder and lower, pushing you down. The enemy presses in on you. It's an oppressive spirit. You ever heard that? 
It's an oppressive spirit. The, the devil is, is an oppressing spirit pushing you down, holding you down, pushing you further down, and telling you there's no way you'll ever get up. But the harder and the further he presses you down, in a spring when that happens, the more potential is being stored up for a comeback. Right? Push the spring, push the spring. What you're doing is you're loading the spring, right? The devil thinks that he's been just pushing you down What he doesn't realize is he's been loading you for a comeback. Because if you'll turn to the Lord, listen, it took the devil a long time to get some of us as low as we got. As a matter of fact, we can't even believe where this, boy, I just got down like an older gentleman, didn't I? I kind of took my time. I'm sorry. I just need to drop like that, right? Did y'all notice that? I, I did this. I went, you know, easing down like that. I don't have to do that, y'all. <laughs> just, just for demonstration purposes. But it took a long time for the enemy to, to get you so as low as some of you went. How many of you ever kind of did like the prodigal son, woke up, you're in the pig's pen, and you're like, how did I get here? It took a, it took a long time, a series of steps, just walking the wrong direction, just getting lower and lower and lower. It took some time. But God knows how to undo and reverse what the enemy took a long time to do, suddenly, quickly. He knows how to avenge you speedily. He knows how to make the healing show up speedily. Like all of a sudden, what the devil took a long time to do, God can undo in just a short period of time. You're in the best place you could ever think of to be. You're in the place of the comeback. God knows how to restore the years that the canker worm and the palmer worm and all those those worms... And locusts, right, have eaten. That's what the scripture says. The devourer, he knows how to restore those years in just a short period of time. Won't you lift your hands to him and thank him for that right now. Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness and your kindness and your mercy. I'm going to tell you what somebody ought to do right now. Somebody ought to jump up and say, I've got a comeback coming. Come on, somebody ought to stand up. How about that for a shot? Somebody ought to stand up saying, I've got a comeback I'm about to have a comeback. I'm going to have a personal revival. Come on, give it praise. Thank you, Jesus. I'm gonna, some of you didn't stand up. That's all right. You may be seated. I'm going to get you. I'm gonna, you're going to have a comeback. You're going to have a comeback. The enemy's worked a long time, but you're going to have a comeback. When, when the sun sets, uh, it's like, it seems like it takes a while. Like, I'm a big-time hunter. You probably don't realize that, but. I've had to quit hunting. The game warden asked me to quit hunting to save the population of the deer for some of the rest of you. And uh, so I gave it up. I volunteer retired. I'm just a consultant right now. But uh, I used to do a lot of hunting. And we would hunt early in the morning, kill all these deer. And, uh, and then, um, then we would take a break, you know, clean all of our deer, uh, you know, load them up in the freezers and all that kind of stuff, and then we'd rest a little bit. And then we'd go out in the evening and hunt some more. And in the evening time, I love to hunt in the evening, and I like to hunt on uh, pipelines and, and at the edge of a, uh, some woods overlooking a, a freshly cut field or something. And uh, Just loved, loved hunting, but in the evenings, uh, the afternoon, it seemed like the sun would start going down. You know, we start getting a little colder, and the sun's going down. But then once it kind of dipped behind the trees, man, it's like quick. Right, it's now it's dark, 
I still see light up here, but man, it's dark down here. And then once it goes down over the horizon, like it got dark quick, just like that. Boom. It got dark. And then it, and, and you had to pull out the flashlight. So, I, you know, I'd have a miner's light on. I didn't want to do that today. I've done that before. Y'all know. But, you know, I'd, I'd get a flashlight out just to, to see my way to get out of the woods and, and uh, just, just, trying to, just trying to get out of it. And it seemed to last a long time. Uh, the night sometimes seems to last forever. You know, poor old Opie. I don't know. Something's gotten a hold of Opie. Y'all know our Helen Keller dog. And, and Opie's just, he's just been miserable in the, at night. And for Opie... The night lasts forever, and it makes my night even longer. Uh, he's just having some issues. And so <clears throat> I'm just saying the night sometimes can last a long time. And in life and circumstances, and when we're down, the, the dark season, the, those trying times can seem to last forever. They came upon us just it was a slow process, and then boom, the sun just dropped, and it was dark. And it just doesn't seem like it's going to get bright ever again. We used to drive from Maryland to Louisiana and Louisiana to Maryland. And we always drove at one fell swoop, Wayne. We'd drive 22 hours, man, straight. And, wow, that was a miserable drive. But we would leave after church on Sunday afternoon because we had church in a high school, a bunch of different places, Knights of Columbus, Episcopals, blah, blah, blah. But we had all these. We would do church on a Sunday afternoon, and then we would take off, load the kids up, uh, you know, uh, Valerie would take some Dramamine. She'd fall asleep almost immediately. Later, would uh, would you know give the kids Dramamine uh, and and uh, put them out? Not really. That's a joke right there. We did not give them a shot in the neck. But <laughs> but, <laughs> but everybody go to sleep, you know. And uh, and we would just drive, and the sun would go down, and it would be dark, and it would be dark for a long time. And we would drive and drive and drive. Valerie would drive for a while in the middle of the night. Then I'd get up before daylight and start driving. And, and I would see, I would see the, the, the sun starting to, to make its way up in the east. Little, little sunrise coming up. And, and then finally, when, when, it finally, when that ball of sun, of, of fire, finally breached the horizon and the brightness would hit me, it was like it had been dark for so long. It didn't seem like it would ever get daylight. And then I had to pull out the shades, right? Because it all of a sudden got so bright, I, I couldn't hardly see because the sun was right in front of me, just splashing so much day. So a dawn of a new opportunity all over me. It was just, it was just blinding me, blowing me away. And, and I, I'm making an illustration. I'm not trying to be funny. Here's the deal. Some of you have been in the nighttime for so long, you've adjusted to it, and you've just uh, accepted it. It's just the way it is. I, I, I don't know. It took a while to get here, but I'm going to be this way, I guess, for the rest of my life, the rest of my walk with God. But I'm here to tell you, there is a new day dawning. That sun is starting to rise. The sun of righteousness with healing in his wings and fresh opportunity and fresh mercy new every morning and every day this is the time of your comeback you will have a comeback come on give him some praise right now you will have a comeback you're going to have a comeback it's the time it's the place I love Life Point Church it's the place 
of the comeback. And I've seen it over and 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 over again here at Life Point. From our very first service in our living room with Gabe and Devin, Wesley and Kelly walking in our living room, Wendy and Madison, she was tiny, she was this little. Wendy and Madison walking into our living room back in those early days. Russell, Russell uh, came in those early days. Chance and Bridget, blows my mind, Chance and Bridget came in some of those earliest days. And, uh, and then more lately, you know, we, we, uh, even, even later, you know, uh, many others, Drew, and uh, Greg, Katie, Heather, Rob, uh, you and, and you and, and you and you and you get a car, you get a car, you get a car, you, all of you. So many of you, you, you just, you, you, you just, you, you had your comeback. People who had their comeback. I've seen comeback after comeback after comeback. God's done amazing things. And we have a very special guest in this house today. His name is Jonathan Miller. Yes, he is. He's in the house. Jonathan and Bethany, we love them so much. J-Mill was uh, recruited by yours truly in the earliest days of life. Before we had a congregation, I recruited J-Mill to come in and be our children's pastor. We had no children. Well, we had Alexander at the time. Caleb and Lizzie were like teenagers. They needed a youth pastor. I was recruiting one of those. Well, J-Mill was the first guy I got, so he came in. He was Alexander's pastor. He was the Alexander pastor. And by default, he became the, the Caleb and Elizabeth uh, pastor. Eventually, he brought Brendan into my world. But that's another story, okay? Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. I have Lyra now. So, uh, but, 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 but J-Mill came down and moved into our house. Got, he was part of the staff, right? We didn't have a church, but he was on staff. We had church staff. Bless God. We had an LLC or, or nonprofit, whatever we are. You know what I'm saying. And, <laughs> and we, had, we had a staff. And Jay Mill was was on staff, and and that was 13 years ago. He was a recent college graduate, an engineer, and uh, recruited him. He came in, and we are so glad they're here. I want him to come up right now. I want him to talk a little bit about some of the earliest days, the earliest days of LifePoint Church. Let's give him a great big LifePoint welcome. Can we do it? I love this. I love my church, and I can say that twice because I've been involved in two churches for the majority of my life. One of them where I am now, which is Alexandria, POA, and I love this church. I think you have to be involved in a church to really love it because part of you gets in the church and part of the church gets in you. We were talking about doing doing life. You know, I came down here and I had I had grand plans. I thought I was gonna, you know, come and change the whole landscape and bring a little bit of what I knew down here and I learned very quickly on I didn't know near as much as I thought I did, and I ended up learning that as much as I thought I would potentially give, so much more was given to me, and so much has been changed in my life from being here. I was put in touch with people I may have never met, types of people I may have never associated with, I would have never come in contact with, that being here and being involved and and going around with the the staff at that time and getting to meet people. Um, and it exposed myself and my family. My father was also working down here. Some of you probably know my dad. He comes periodically. But I can still remember in those early days, 
you know, I, I, it was not what I thought it would be. And now I can say, thank God, it wasn't what I thought it would be. I learned a lot about people by being here. I learned so much about being around people that were so broken and so messed up. And I watched God take the, what some of us would consider the worst and bring them up to the highest. I've seen so many. I've seen lives put together. I've seen marriages put together, put together and put back together. I've seen the most broken be broken in his presence and change their lives for the better, me included. And when life came and, and pushed me down, like you were saying, and pushed you and pushed you, and it gets you into the right place where you should be. And it, we need to learn from those experiences, not that it's trying to crush you, but that it's trying to put you into the right perspective to where that you can seek him and learn from him. Uh, we did so many things that I would have never considered would be a part of church. We were doing church in living rooms. We were doing Bible studies with people with gladiator masks on. And uh, all kind, it's a very true story. <laughs> uh, we were in one Bible study in particular that I was I'm remembering with my dad there. And both me and Donovan were a little concerned that dad might get a little freaked out and drag both of us out of there for our own safety. But my dad, being the very calm, collected guy he was, stuck around, and we saw God do amazing, amazing things. This church is just incredible, and not just this church, but every church. I love my church. I love the churches that I'm involved in. I love the churches that I've had that have changed me. There's a part of this church that's in me, and I'm hoping at some point, I'm hoping that there's a part of me that stays here. It's, it's, this is just an incredible place. There's so much to be learned. I've seen God take so many people from so far. I know I've already said that. But uh, just the more that you are around these people, the more that you're around God, I have never one time regretted anything that I've given up, done, sacrificed for God. It's always come back to me to be a wonderful thing. And so I'm very thankful to be in part, very thankful for the history here, and very thankful that not only do I see many faces that I recognize, but there are so many faces that I don't recognize, and I think that's an amazing thing. Can they put the pictures up there? Oh, please, no. Don't, oh, no, no, please no. put these pictures up there. <laughs> oh, tender J-Mill right there, just, just, just singing his heart out. It was amazing back in the day. Awesome, I love it. He has stories, trust me, he has stories. We were talking about it like it's, uh, some of them are unbelievable, but we, we saw God move in, in places and what, he talks about where he didn't think, you know, he saw things he didn't expect. He was with people he didn't expect to be with. So was I. Well, like, hello, welcome to the, the club. We saw God do amazing things. Let, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. We reached out to the unchurched and the dechurched, and we found them. We found them. We found unchurched. And unchurched people means they don't have much to do. They never had anything to do with church. Dechurched people mean they got mad at church and left church, okay? So the unchurched and the dechurched, they were our target audience. And we went after them with a vengeance, and God sent them to us. We found them. Really, we didn't find them. They found us somehow, some way. And, and this became... We, be, we begin to understand this is a place where those people can find the Lord and can have a comeback or they can find Jesus for the very first time. Let me tell you something. The, the, the prodigal son in Luke 15, do you know what the father's house was? It was the place of the comeback. 
in the pig's pen, the prodigal said, I will rise and go back to my father's house. I'm going back. i got to come back at the father's house. You know who the prodigal son was? He was the comeback kid. He was the first comeback kid. He came back, and listen, what he slowly wasted, the father quickly restored. Are you kidding me? That's not even fair. The devil had to look at that and say, that's not even fair in that story. Jesus, that's not even fair. The Lord would say, it's not fair. It's favor. It is called grace. It, I, can do, I can do what I want to do. And I, my blood is efficient. It is sufficient. It is more than enough. I can make the difference. Jesus is trying to awaken us and remind us once again, this is the place of the comeback. Anybody, no matter how far they've gone, no matter how far they've strayed, no matter what their struggle has been, this is the place of the comeback. Give him some praise right now. Can you do it? Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Next Sunday, we begin our debt-free initiative. And, uh, and I'm grateful for it. I mentioned to you, I've, I've gotten some text and information on that, people talking to me. God's going to do some incredible things. I'm excited. And we want to pay off this building. Here's the deal. I like this building. It's basically, I like this location. You know why I like this location? Because of the traffic count out there on Airline Highway. It's massive. We bought this place. And Walmart said, oh, my goodness, LifePoint's there. Let's buy the place across the street and build right next to them. LifePoint is, is what they look for. They're like, oh, there's a LifePoint. So promise you, next time we buy and build, maybe we'll do it in another parish, LifePoint's Life going to be the indicator. Walmart's going to say, oh, LifePoint, we got to build next to them. they got something going on. The traffic count is incredible, which means there are more and more prodigals, unchurched, de-churched people driving by, and they're realizing it seems like people gather there all the time. I know a few of them. they got broken past, broken histories. They, they've got all kind of, they were squashed down, but they seem to be on the rise, man. They seem to have had a comeback. That's a place of a comeback right there. The more they realize that, the more them will show up and say, I want some of that. I want some of that comeback. Can you give me some of that comeback? I can't, but I know somebody who can his name is Jesus. This is the place of the comeback, y'all. Stand with me right now. This is the place of the comeback. This is where lives are put back together. This is where addictions are broken. This is where community is experienced. Man, we get together in groups. We share. We get to know each other more and more. We're not trying to be standoffish. We're trying to connect with people, man. We're trying to love on people, have coffee with people, share with people, open up with people about some of our pain and brokenness that God is fixing and helping and moving in our lives to give us a comeback. Rejoice. Not against me, oh my enemy. When I fall, I don't like to say it like that. I like to say if I fall, but the truth is, you walk long enough. I remember one time I got a brand new pair of boots, and I, I was so proud of these boots. I thought, I'm living a dream in these boots. I, this, this wasn't too long ago, y'all. I hate to admit this, but. I was like, these are some of the best boots, some Doc Martens. I'm like, these Doc Martens, these are amazing. And I was, I was at Perkins Row. I was doing some work. I was at Perkins Row, and, and I, was, I, got, I just got to be honest. I was, I'm sorry, y'all. Your pastor was kind of strutting in my Doc Martin boots. I was strutting. I was walking, man.
like a boss. I was working. I was, I was on the job. I was working as a businessman in Doc Martin Boots, but I was working. And, I was man, I was strutting. And I was on the phone. So not only was I, you know, busy, I was on the phone. Like, I'm too busy for all y'all. I'm on the phone working in my Doc Martin boots. I'm a busy man. You know, leave me alone. And, and no joke, I walked, and I, I, I just, I was strutting right along Perkins Road, and I came to the curb, and my boots caught the curb, and I did a, I did a roll. I'm talking about I fell. I did, like, I was, what do you call that, parkour, right? I, I like, I fell. And I rolled over, still on the phone, popped right back up. And, and the guy's like, hey, are you, what's up? I was like, and people are looking at me. And, and I was, man, all cool factor, totally gone. Even though I, I tried to play it off like that was a parkour move. You know, like not only do I, it was over the top, right? Not only does he work and he's on the phone, he does parkour. No, that didn't work at all. It was terrible. You walk long enough, you will fall. But don't rejoice over me, my enemy. Because when I fall, I got a God who knows how to pick me back up. I will arise. Some of you are coming into a dawn of a new day. And that's what the Lord has sent me here to tell you. This is the dawn of a new day. I don't care how far down you've gone, how much you've blown it, how off track you may have gotten. The Lord has come to let you know. This is the year of your comeback. You're in the right place. Can you bow your heads with me right now? Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you for what you've done, God, in our lives, in our hearts. Some of us today are getting a revelation. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the dawn of a new day. The day is, the light is coming forth speedily. It's springing forth, God. We are, we are coming back up faster than we went down, Lord. You are making it happen. We're in the place of the comeback. This is an opportunity, a divine moment for a springing forward, for a kairos moment, God, for, for a moment where you change us and send us into our destiny. It's an open door. It's a new day dawning, God. It's shining right on us right now. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed. For more information on our church, Pastor Donovan, or service times, please visit our website at golifepoint.com.